Yes, definitely. Yeah. Michael is push over. Yeah, well, if y'all see me looking funny, I slept wrong the night before last. I still got a crick in my daggone neck, so I'm looking around. Did you trying ever to... get it out? Yeah, I got, it out. I got it out for a while. You're always sleeping wrong. I am. I am. <laughs> I, I don't sleep all that great, but once I go to sleep and sleep hard, I fall whatever position I'm in, I fall asleep and sleep, then I wake up like, ow. But uh, but anyway, all right, the Holy Spirit, I promise you, we're going to get through our lesson today. And uh, But I, I, don't, I don't mind the talks, though, because it helps us learn. And uh, I honestly believe the Lord, anything that happens in our life, number one, we can learn from, but if we share it in the right context with the right people, it will help somebody else, too. So I don't ever mind questions or comments, because to me, that's how you learn best. Um, but we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and as we dive right in, um, I want us to look at, at, we'll get through our three points today, um, and then next week we'll start the fourth one, which is the performance of the Holy Spirit and actually what He does uh, for us. But as we look at the first point, the person of the Holy Spirit, and we'll just see uh, just a brief summary. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God, which is just a fancy word for Trinity. He is eternal in existence. Uh, that was supposed to be equal. I left that to cue. <laughs> equal in power and possesses all of the same attributes as God the Father and Jesus the Son. The Holy Spirit serves many roles, but to summarize his greatest works for us, as we see that he indwells all believers at the very moment we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he baptizes us into the body of Christ, and he seals us into the day of redemption. And as I was reading this, I just realized I left that one point. Real quickly, just to, just to summarize this, the third person is, um, the, the, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. As we've been talking about the Trinity, it's a three-part being just like you and I. Um, I think I preached it last spring before Manny and Teresa came, um, and, and I know some folks were at the drive-in services and some weren't because nobody knew what to expect. But looking at us ourselves, we are a three-part being. It's called a trichotomy. Uh, we're body. At, you slap yourself. You can bleed. That's your body. Inside, you've got the soul. That is the real you. That is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That is the real person. That's what makes Michael Michael. I did a funeral yesterday, and I reminded everybody that we are not a body that has a soul. We're actually a soul that has a body. The soul is what lives forever. And then we also have a spirit. That's the spirit that gives us life, both physical and spiritual life. Um, so we are a trichotomous being, a, tr a triune being, even though it's hard to wrap our minds around. Well, God's the same way. God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit. They cannot be separated. Uh, they all work in the... And, and this, is, this is hard to understand. And I've always used the egg as a as an illustration. You got the shell, you got the yolk, the yellow part, then you've got the white or the clear part. All three of those comprise to make up the egg. You cannot have an egg without all three parts of that. I was talking to Brother Allen um, a couple weeks ago, and he said, really, a book, a book is the same thing as a trinity. First, you've got the height of the book, you've got the width of the book, and you've got the depth of the book. 
If you take away any of those things, whether it be the height, the width, and the depth, you don't have a book. And uh, the same thing is kind of about God. You can't separate God the Father, or Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all equal, but yet they have different roles. And so as we look um, at the Holy Spirit, He, just as God, um, he is eternal in existence. I won't, I won't take, talk much about that. We'll hit that in the next point. But he's eternal, but he's also equal in power, and he possesses all of the same attributes as God the Father. Remember those attributes? Omnipotence, meaning all-powerful. Omniscience, all-knowing. And omnipresence, which means he's everywhere. Uh, we... Humanity makes such a big error to think that they can understand and they can define God. We think because we have limitations that God has limitations. He does not. Uh, we make a mistake. And I've always said we try to put God in a box and he won't fit. <laughs> okay? If he created all this and he knows how to control all this, he knows what you're thinking right now. He sees what you've done yesterday he knows what you're going to do tomorrow. That's what makes him God. He understands everything. Well, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is the same way. But the Holy Spirit serves many roles. But as I, I talked about, to summarize his greatest works, I should have put the very first part. I didn't realize it until I just read it. Number one, he convicts you of your sin. He talks to you. Uh, me and Manny were talking just the other day. A person cannot get saved when they want to get saved. Uh, a person cannot come to God without the Holy Spirit. Because to come to God, you've got to understand the Holy Spirit's got to work in your heart to show you, hey, you need God. And you can't come to God like you are. You've got to repent from your sin and all your wrong. And you've got to be willing to let that go and then place your faith in God. So the Holy Spirit's the one that does that. Um, I think I think living in the day and age that we live in now, especially down south, there's always been a, a mindset that as long as, if, if we got a set of scales, as long as my good works outweigh my bad works, I'll get into heaven. That's not the case. The thing about salvation is, and I've, I've said this a lot here recently, it's not by our merits, nothing that we can do, but what God has already done for you. And so the Holy Spirit is the one that shows you that. And without the Holy Spirit, none of us could be right with God. So the Holy Spirit does that. He, he um, convicts us. The next thing you see, really, I, I should have, and I could go back and change this. He, he helps convert us. And I've got that in the second part there. He baptizes us into the body of Christ. Um, now, when we talk about baptism, what's the first thing that jumps in your mind? Water baptism. Well, there's two different types of baptism. There's the spirit's baptism, and then there's water baptism. All right. Water baptism is just a picture on the outside of what God has done for you on the inside. We, it's just all symbolic. That's all water baptism is. It's all symbolic. You say, well, why do it? Because the Lord told us to. <laughs> it's a testimony of showing that, hey, I'm in Christ. It is truly a um, it identifies you with Christ. Um, going back to the Old Testament, what identified a Jew as being a Jew? Circumcision for the males. 
That's what I did because God gave that sign to Abraham back over in the book of Genesis uh, to show that you're a Jew. You, you need to be circumcised in the flesh. And I don't think that needs any uh, explanation. Um, so to be identified with Christ now in this day and age, you're baptized. All right, that's water baptism. But looking at water baptism, you see a picture of what the Spirit does to you. Because when you get in the water and you're truly baptized, and I think the Methodists do have this part wrong, you get in the water, what do you do? You're immersed in water. You're completely covered in water. That's, a, that's what happens in the baptism, baptism, baptistry, whatever you want to call it. When we're saved, literally the Holy Spirit comes upon you just like that water that overflows you. The Holy Spirit envelops you. He baptizes you. All right, then he indwells you. Literally, we say, ask Jesus into your heart. That, that's a good statement, I guess, but it's not actually correct. <laughs> what happens is we place our faith in Jesus. We turn from our sin and what we've done wrong, no matter how bad. There's nobody, as Adrian Rogers says, there's nobody so bad that they can't be saved. There's nobody so good that doesn't need to be saved. Um, so, the Holy Spirit, you, you repent from your sin and you trust Christ. The Holy Spirit that first convicted you and called you to salvation, he then comes and indwells inside of you. That's why when we do something wrong and we hear that little voice in the background go, I, you shouldn't have said this or I, you shouldn't have done this and you feel guilty, that's the Holy Spirit. And that is a good thing. Honestly, that's a good thing when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And that shows that the Lord's still working on us. He's molding us and making us what we ought to be. And so um, the Holy Spirit indwells us. And then we see um, he seals us until the day of redemption. And we've talked about that, I think, the other week when we were reading in Ephesians chapter 1. Literally, he seals us. We talked about the canning of the jars. I don't know how many of y'all can, but I'm sure some of you can in, in your time. Um, I can, you know, when them jars and you put them jars into boiling water, when they cool down, when you hear that pop, that top of it, it's a happy feeling. It's a happy feeling because you know it's preserved, right? All that work you done. It's yeah, exactly. It didn't go to waste. It is airtight. Once you get that air out of it, you know it is sealed. Nothing's worse than taking off a top to a tomato jar. You got some safety. Yes, either that or you don't realize it. You take a sip and a spoon. Oh, it's nasty. Um, well, you realize it most times. Yeah, you do. You do. But I, I, I made that mistake not too long ago. I had a jar of tomatoes, and I popped the top, and I, I, I just took a spoon and tasted it before I used it. Oh, man, it was rancid. Ah. But uh, to get all that air out, what you do is you protect it. And <laughs> And I do that before. You ought to always taste canned tomatoes before you put them in soup because it'll ruin a whole stew pot of soup if you're not careful. But it seals it. Well, the Holy Spirit does that, really. He seals us until the day of redemption. We talk about we have eternal life. Now, our minds think, well, we've got, yeah, we'll live forever with Jesus when we die if we place our faith in him. So we've got eternal life when we die. Actually, we have eternal life already. We just can't wrap our minds around it because of our body. I did two funerals this week, man. I hate those. Um, but it, it's life. Um, it is. It's life. We're all going to die. But we have eternal life already. 
through Jesus Christ. And so uh, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He, I mean, it's hard to wrap your mind around all this, but that's what he does for us. And without the Holy Spirit, could none of us could be saved. Um, so that's the person of the Trinity. Any questions or comments? I'm not taking criticisms just yet. <laughs> I think the Holy Spirit, when it comes into your heart, is like a, when you leave a job that you can't stand, um, that monkey's going to come off your shoulder. And that's the way the Holy Spirit is. It's going to come in here, and all that monkey's going to come mm -hmm. out of you. And you're just blooming like a flower. Yeah, well, you remember me talking about my uncle who got saved? And he, I mean, he, he had all kind of back problems. I mean, he was a, he was a mess. But, I mean, he come in the house strutting like a peacock going, I feel clean. Yeah, it's a clean, it's a clean feeling. It is, it is a pure feeling that you can't earn. It had to be given to you by Christ. But it doesn't mean you can't make Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, we're all going to fall short. Absolutely. That's why he convicts us. You know, I think, I think one of the biggest things most Christians make a mistake is something you said. They try to be perfect. Well, you're not going to achieve sinless perfection because we're still in this life. We still have the fleshly nature inside of us. But um, that's why I believe he put 1 John 1, 9 in there. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So every one of us, if you hadn't already this week, which we probably all have, or we will this week, we'll do something we ain't got no business doing. We'll, some, something we will do in, in the mind. Oh, yeah. Man, I don't know where some of these weird thoughts come from, man. It's like. The mind plays play games with you. I, I, that's what I call the fiery darts of the wicked. You know, you're talking about the, the gospel, the, the whole armor of God, talking about those fiery darts of the wicked. I think Satan sometimes, and them demons, man, they just shoot some thoughts in your head like, where in heaven's name did that come from? And, um, but that's because we still are in the flesh, in life. So we won't, we won't finally get victory to that until we get out of here. Uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. Then we see the pre-existence of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this, I ain't going to spend long here. Just as God the Father and Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit has always been and will always be. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, you see deep, you think about water, but this is not, this is talking about space. It's talking about the galaxies. Earth, everything was just dark. And then it says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit was there in creation. And somebody's having fun, ain't they? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it is, but one of them kids have fun. Orland's not here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, it's a, hey, kids are music to my ears. Uh, if y'all knew how many Baptist churches didn't have kids anymore, man, it's music to ears. Um, but the Spirit of God, literally, the Holy Spirit was there during creation, just as God the Father, just as Jesus the Son. The Holy Spirit has always been uh, part he was there in creation he was there in redemption he'll be i mean he, he just he just always worked and by the way that's the only two works god ever done everything that god has ever done could be summed up in those two words creation you see everything he created 
and then redemption where he made us right with him. I mean, how, how, how simple it can be. It can be so complex, but yet it can be so simple. So we see the person of the uh, Holy Spirit. We see the preexistence of the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, we see the permanence of the Holy Spirit. And um, I, I, this might get a little bit deep. I hope not. But it's something that I really wanted to talk about because a lot of people don't understand this part right here about the Holy Spirit is that uh, in the Old Testament, literally, the Holy Spirit would come but then he would leave because it was a different dispensation of time. So uh, I've titled this the periodic presence of the Holy Spirit, and that only happens in the Old Testament. Um, someone, if you read, I'm going to enjoy some of this coffee that he brought me. So if you would read Psalms 51, 7 through 11. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold with me thy free spirit. Alright, if you've ever studied scripture, this psalm right here, Psalms 51, was actually a, it's, it's, it's taught a psalm of David. Yeah, King David, the little shepherd boy. Remember, God called him a man after my own heart. And you know what David did? He, 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 was, he, he was a mighty general. He was known for his military prowess. But he stayed home from battle. Remember, he walked on the rooftops. He saw Bathsheba bathing, and she was beautiful. He went, brought her into her. He allowed her. She got pregnant. He had her husband killed in battle on purpose. All of this David. But David tried to hide that sin. and But yet he couldn't hide it because you can't have nothing from God. So David was literally about to be torn apart because of his sin. So he literally writes this psalm. And he says, Lord, I need to be clean. He says, uh, purge me with hyssop. Wash me. I shall be whiter than snow. Make, to, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Now, did he physically break any bones? No. But his, his sin that he was hiding, that he was covering up, was eating him from the inside out. Uh, I believe he probably couldn't sleep. He probably couldn't eat. He was literally sick. But then he says, hide thy face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Then he goes on praying, create, Lord, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Please don't cast me away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So this, just, this verse right here, this whole chapter in the life of David speaks so loudly to understand that God is so merciful and so gracious to us. I, I know all of y'all pretty well, and I doubt any of you in here today um, had an adultery with some other person's spouse and then had their spouse killed. I mean, that's that's that's, that's pretty low. It's, it's a little extreme. I'm sure it happens in the world, uh, but that is that is pretty low. That's pretty extreme. But David, God's own king, God's chosen king, did this. But yet God still called him a man after my own heart. Man, what kind of mercy and love and grace is that? 
And because David here, and I believe all my heart, David is pouring out his heart right here before God. And David is, what is his prayer? Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So that right there shows that the Holy Spirit could be temporary. He could be here for a little while and then gone the next. And um, I know from experience that the Holy Spirit, when you backslide on God and you try to pray and pray, and the Holy Spirit just won't come by him. So you know you're not saved yep. because he's not coming by us. So I know from experience yep. that he will block it. Yep, and, 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 and we'll talk about that next week. That's a, that's a beautiful point. Absolutely. Yeah. He's still there, though. Yeah, In this he, case, he's still he there. But yeah, it'd be the same thing. And I've always used this as an illustration. And that's a great, great, great uh, point. Right, Austin's always my son. I mean, Amanda gave birth to him. May, no, September 17, 2003. He's always my son. The relationship will always be the same. But if he done something really stupid and really disappointed me, I wouldn't stop loving him, but we may not. We may not have the fellowship that we once did, but the relationship will always be there. Same thing with God. When we sin, and we'll get to that here next week probably. No, no, you're, you're good. It's a good point, though. We sin, and that Holy Spirit then, actually, we, call, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And you, like you said, he blocks. He blocks. You can pray and pray, and you know you're not saved because it's just not fine. You don't have yeah. that feeling. Especially if it's a feeling you felt before. You know that's not feeling that yep. you can walk away and say, oh, I'm saved. But then truly in your mind, you're saying, no, I'm not because I yeah. didn't feel it. Yeah. Well, you're still saved. Yeah. Now, yeah. Dick, you're still okay, saved. But, but you remember when you was a kid? Remember when you was a kid when you had the, uh, now I don't remember this. Maybe Manny. I doubt Mike could. I don't know. But remember back in the days, man? You probably got to be somewhere around, around 60, 70, something like that. When you didn't have telephones, what would you do? You'd get either two styrofoam cups or a can. Oh, I know. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. So y'all remember that. You know, Man, that was a little before my time. Well, we could do it. Okay. You got to have that string. I, I, I want to say that maybe even we tried it one time with a string, but I mean, oh, yeah. But if that string is connecting the cans, and if you can hear through, can, did y'all try it? Yeah. yeah. Could you hear? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it's something we'll try this week. Me and the kids. I don't know. It's the same thing when we see somebody cutting that string between the cans. Communication is just. But as soon as you repent and ask the Lord to forgive you, that communication is back again. But but David. Yep, for sure. That that line was cut. He didn't. He knew God wasn't listening to him, and so he pours out. And part of that is taking out thy spirit from me. Um, Judges chapter sixteen, verse twenty. Uh, remember, this is Samson. He's my favorite dude. One of my favorite dudes in the Bible, and I can't wait to meet him. I want to see what he looks like because Samson. Remember, he was a guy that was so strong. He killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And in my mind, you know, it's this big hulking man who looks like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger did back in his uh, bodybuilding days. Uh, but I've got a preacher friend. He said, I bet I bet Samson was just some little scrawny, sawed-off runt. Uh, and he said, because it was the Holy Spirit who was on him that empowered him to be that strong. I don't know what he looks like, but I guess... Probably looks like a hobbit. A hobbit, maybe so. Like a gnome. Garden gnome. I'm in picture of him as a 
big man with long hair. I think we all do. I think we all do. What is that movie with that Disney movie that the girls got the long Rapunzel? Curly, long curly red hair. Oh, that's the movie Brave. Okay, her oh, father yeah. is like, you know, yeah. that's what I think of. Yeah, Fabio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fabio. <laughs> Somebody said Fabio let himself go gain a lot of weight. Now he's called Flabio. <laughs> um, but um, Samson... Literally had, had, had so much. <laughs> she said, Watch out for the that? birds in the roller coaster. Remember, Fabio was on a roller coaster and a bird, and a bird broke his, his nose. Hit him in the face and broke his nose. Oh, I don't remember yeah, that. He was on a roller coaster and a bird yeah. Damn, just broke his nose. Okay. Yeah. And it actually changed his looks because oh. they had to like reconstruct it to yeah. his. Oh, dude, that's funny. Look it up. That's funny. Look, he said, I would have don't, the, only, the only thing I remember was Earnhardt hitting a seagull at Daytona and messed up in front of his car. And when you said murder, anyway, I never was an Earnhardt fan, so I kind of got a kick out of that. But Philistines uh, were Samson's enemy. And we know Samson got his hair because he was obedient to the Lord. He couldn't touch any dead thing. He couldn't drink wine. He couldn't cut his hair. Well, Samson got hooked up with the wrong girl. Remember Delilah? Uh, Delilah. Yeah, okay. I was right the first time. I was thinking about Ahab. For some reason, Jezebel jumped in my mind. And uh, Delilah um, told Samson, you know, you know, if you love me, you're going to tell me your secret where your strength is. So Samson takes a nap in her lap, and she cuts his hair. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from it. And this has happened over and over again. So she, he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times, and I will shake myself free. Samson was a dummy. I mean, I don't know else how to say that. If a girl kept tying him up and, and calling the enemy, I believe he should have got out of Dodge a long time ago. But he wasn't worried about that. He was he was strong. He broke the cords. He said, now I will go out as other times. I will shake myself free. In other words, break myself loose. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. The Lord, the spirit was gone. Samson was weak. What did they do? They poked his eyes out. They throwed him in prison. Um, so the, period, the Holy Spirit could come and go in the Old Testament. That was the periodic presence. And then lastly today, we see the permanent presence of the Holy Spirit. That is the New Testament. That's kind of what Teresa alluded to. Now he's here to stay for good after the church uh, was formed. Uh, Ephesians 1.12. Uh, Jesus is talking about Jesus. Um, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Uh, in whom also you have trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after you had believed, you were sealed. There he is. We're talking about the seal, the little jar. We were sealed into the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. That word earnest is the same thing as down payment. Uh, when we bought our house, they asked for an earnest deposit. That was a down payment to show the realtor, hey, we're serious. We're not just wasting your time and tying up this house uh, by signing a contract. Here's, here's a down payment, whatever it is, while you get the contract wrote up, you get it to the lawyer, he draws up the papers. It shows that you mean business. Well, God shows us he means business, giving us eternal life when we get the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And uh, going back to verse 13, we were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. 
when we talked about the jars being sealed like like uh, canning, but a seal in the Old Testament, I think I've even talked before, a king had a ring with a special emblem on it, whether it was his initial or whatever. That was the king's, they called it the king's seal. And they would drip wax or find some kind of ink, and you would, you would, you would touch that to the uh, uh, seal, and you would press that into the ink or the wax, and it would show you that that was the ownership the of the king. It was an impression. Um, and so the Holy Spirit shows us that we belong to God. And so the Holy Spirit is now here forever. He's the earnest of our inheritance. But then Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. What me and Teresa brought up just a few minutes ago is grieving the Holy Spirit. Literally, you hurt him because you've done wrong, and he literally backs off. And you're, you're flying solo at that time. But it doesn't say he leaves. He's grieved, but he's still there. Not the Holy Spirit of God. But remember, we are sealed unto the day of redemption. So he's there. He's there for good. <clears throat> he's not going anywhere. But you have pretty much rendered him useless. Um, I've got a, I just building my shop, I put a LED <clears throat> dust the dawn light on the front of it. And you know, right this time of year and everything's getting hot, man, you look out there and you see a billion types of flies, dragonflies. I've got birds pooping everywhere. Uh, and so I decided the other night, I'm just going to flip a breaker and turn that light off for the summer months anyways. Uh, that way I don't have all that mess on, all over my front of my garage. So I rendered it useless. So when we send that Holy Spirit inside of us, it's the same thing as flipping that breaker. We cut off the power source. But it's good to know he's still there. Amen. He's just a prayer of repentance away. But uh, so that gets us up to speed. So that was the longest, shortest lesson we've ever had. <laughs> but no, we, I've enjoyed it, guys. I really have. Any questions? All right. Brother Nathan, would you close this in prayer, bud? Father, I want to pray for this day and give it to us, Lord. Lord, I just want to thank you for allowing us all to be able to get here together, Lord, to be able to study and watch your spirit, Lord, what, what he does for us and how we can use him, and Lord, just how he's part of our lives. And Lord, now pray that we would take that and use it throughout the week. And as we go into 11 o'clock service day, Lord, that you would just work through Pastor Daniels and bring the message and through the seeing and everything, Lord. And do everything to you. Go in your eyes today, Lord. Just know we pray. Amen. Amen. All right.